Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all of the chief priests and scribes, of the people, he inquired of them where the, where the Christ was to be born. Excuse me. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and that is Isaiah, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent to them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring word to me that I may too come and worship him. And listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Well, today is Epiphany Sunday, and it's this day that we as the church celebrate the arrival of the Magi to the manger. Today is all about revelation. It's about a light coming on in our hearts and in our minds about who God is and who we are in light of the God who has revealed himself to us in Jesus Christ. Today, Epiphany Sunday, and also the first Sunday of a new year, it's 
about coming face to face with the truth. We're invited to have a revelation today. A, a word revelation, the word often commandeered by the media, always eager to discover the new salacious and secret strand to the life of a politician or a public figure. But for, for us, for the purposes of this word today, revelation is this, this crucial word for us as people of faith. Because it, it, it makes a distinction between that which is every day, the everyday order of things, you know, the mundane day-to-day -day life, and that which is extraordinary. Th that which holds within itself some particular significance that brings us closer to understanding who God is. Epiphany means revelation. So this is the Sunday in the church year when we reflect on that particular gift and we ask God to reveal to us God's truth for our lives. When I think about truth, and as we wrap up this sermon series, where we have sought together to find some kind of truth for our lives this Christmas through the lens of Ted Lasso, when I think about truth, I, I can't help but think about Dr. Sharon. While, while various characters in Ted Lasso so perfectly exhibit God's hope and God's love and God's joy and God's peace, Dr. Sharon uncomfortably brings Ted and us face to face with God's truth. Take a look at, at Ted's first few encounters with Dr. Sharon. Ted Lasso welcome wagon has arrived. Please don't barge in here like that. I could have been in a session. Oh, right, of course. I'm, I'm sorry. Can I help you with something? Well, yeah. No, I, I just brought you a little something, something for your first day of work. No, thank you. Oh, come on now. Just try a little bite, huh? There you go. <laughs> That's very thoughtful, Coach Lasso. But I don't eat sugar. Really? Wow. I've never met someone who doesn't eat sugar. Only heard about them, and they all live in this godless place called Santa Monica. <laughs> Trust me, it's in everyone's best interest. In a past life, I would inhale a Cadbury's flake, talk nonsense for an hour until I pass out. Well, I'm the same way with video games. How so? Oh, you know, it's just something in my life that I really enjoy. But then I pretend to prevent myself from having them and somehow making my life better. But in reality, all I'm doing is depriving myself of something that makes me happy, instead of attempting to adjust my relationship to it. Hey, what's your favorite book? This is interesting. What is? Am I answered the fountainhead? I know, curveball, right? But I can explain. No, what you're doing here. This is obviously your way of connecting with new people. Makes sense. It's very disarming. If it's okay with you, Coach Lasso, I'd like to observe training today. See how everything's functioning. But yeah, no, of course. Yeah, you got a backstage pass, full access. Thank you. Okay. Oh, hey, you know what I'm... These little chats you do take. Sessions typically last 50 minutes. Mm, okay. But you charge by the hour, right? That's correct. <laughs> I take it you're not a fan of this kind of work. No, ma'am. 
Why's that, do you think? You want the truth? I'm only interested in the truth, Ted. Hmm. You don't know me. We don't have history. And yet you just expect me to spill my guts about all the gory details of my life. The fights, the mistakes, my deep, dark secrets. But you ain't listening because you care about me. No. No, you ain't listening to me because you paid to listen to me. You're getting paid to just jot down your little notes and diagnose my tears and then what? Probably just blame it on my folks, right? I mean, you say you're only interested in the truth. And yet here you are, charging an hourly rate for only 50 minutes of work. Dr. Sharon is, is only interested in the truth. And Ted finally sitting down for a therapy session with, with the team's psychologist isn't quite sure yet whether he's willing to reveal his truth that he has spent decades building walls around. But Dr. Sharon is only interested in the truth. And she keeps chipping away at that facade. In another session with Ted, Dr. Sharon assures him that, that, the, that the truth will in fact set him free. But first it will piss him off. That's the thing about the truth, right? About divine revelation, it's uncomfortable. And every time Dr. Sharon sees Ted lay more bricks for that wall of defense, she also reminds him that what is not revealed can never be healed. Without revelation, healing cannot begin. And so it's a good thing that today, Epiphany Sunday at the start of this new year is all about revelation. In fact, that's, that's what epiphany means, revelation. And today we reflect on that gift and we ask God to confront us with a revelation that will set us free even, even if it pisses us off first. When it comes to, to the kind of divine revelation we seek at the beginning of a new year, like, like 2022, we need a revelation, the, the, the kind of revelation that isn't just a reevaluation of, of an experience or gaining new perspective, but truly the kind that brings us into an encounter with, with the living God. When I think of that kind of revelation, I can think of, 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 of four different kinds of of, of, of divine revelation that do this for us. Four different kinds of, of revelation that bring us closer to God. Maybe you've encountered them. The, the first is, is so common we tend to, to discount it completely. It's, it's what you might call that, that sunset revelation. Well, we all can remember looking out at a streaky blood red sky and thinking that this has got to be the most beautiful thing we have ever seen. And in that moment, that that experience of the glory of creation, you feel like, like you just got some insight into who God is and, and the way God works it, it's, and how beautiful God is. It, it, it's hard to believe there's anyone in that moment on the earth who wouldn't look out at a sunset like that and think there must, there must be a God. Everyone must think that. We'll, we'll call that the, the, the sunset revelation. The, the second kind 
of divine revelation, though, is, is quite opposite. It's intense, and it's personal, and it's unforgettable. You hear a voice, or you have a dream, or, or you feel your heart strangely warmed. You know that moment? God is, God is with you, and you should be. You should be overwhelmed in that moment, but mysteriously, you don't feel afraid. How is that? As a pastor, many people have, have, have told me their stories of experiences like this. <coughs> experiences like this that have taken their life to, to another level and have given them this new benchmark for the divine and that has taken religion from just being someone else's hand-me-down straight to the center of their very soul. Two different kinds of divine revelation, that, that general creation, glory, sunset kind, and that personal, life-changing God moment. And both are generous in supply. If, if we just take the moment and the breath to pay attention to them, these are, these are typically the kinds of divine revelation we experience with the sentimental moments of Christmas. When we realize that ugh, what, what really matters is this, or our, or our hearts are warmed by, by a shift in a relationship, or, or a shift in perspective, or a newfound truth that leads to a sense of fulfillment and peace. Moments like this one. What have you got to be sad about? Did one of the Paw Patrol dogs die? Listen, Phoebe. Problems, they're like mushrooms, yeah? The longer you leave them in the dark, the bigger they get. A toy at school was mean to me. What did he do? Merry Christmas, Phoebe. I got you something you desperately need. Why did Bernard get you toothpaste and mouthwash for Christmas, babe? Because he told everyone my brother's rancid. Right, where does Bernard live? Roy, we are not going to go beat up a little kid. Why not? Why do you think? I bet your breath doesn't smell that bad. Come on. Baby, it's me. Let me have a smell. Come on. She feels bad enough. I'm so sorry, I really tried. Come on. I think you might be dying. Sweetheart, listen, <clears throat> that is not like I forgot to brush my teeth bad. <clears throat> or like I ate onions bad. <clears throat> That's actually medically bad, which means it's not your fault. Come here. Right. I'm going to sort this. Put your coats on. Where are we going? We're going to my stupid posh neighbourhood and we're going to start knocking on doors. And if we don't find a dentist in ten houses, you each get a thousand pounds. Let's go get our coats. Who is it? Night. It's carol singers. Just give them a quid and tell them to bugger off.
I'm sorry, Phoebe. This moment of divine revelation where, where the richness of God's love is realized and people change and joy is found. Or, or, or like the moment when Rebecca rescues Ted from his first Christmas Day divorce, moping around and enlists him in a secret Santa mission of delivering presents to children in poverty, wrapping up the evening with a, a street-lit carol sing outside Higgins' home where he has extended the table to anyone without a place to celebrate Christmas. What's happening outside? I don't know. What's that? What's that? Ho, 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 Higginses! where we get a sense of what of what matters, a taste of God's truth and an experience of, of that magical divine revealed in all its splendor and glory. But these these are only the first two kinds of divine revelation. Like I said, I think there's actually four different kinds. Here's the thing, even if there were no church at all, these two, these two kinds of experiences of the divine, the general creation, wonder at the sunset and the personal experience, they'd still be alive and well, even if there wasn't a church. And here's the, the first problem with these two alone. Truth might be revealed in them. Truth is revealed in them but it never has the chance to piss us off or confront us in any way. It, it never has the chance to be revealed in a way that we may be truly healed. The sunset kind of revelation also has its own problem. It, 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 it tends to have little to no crossover into the way people actually live their lives. It has no obvious connection to how we relate more justly to other people or, or more sustainably to the planet. It's just this vague connection, right, to a creator that, that it has no particular tie to the God of Jesus Christ. And the problem with that kind of heartwarming, heart-strangely-warmed, Christmassy kind of divine revelation is that tends to become 
more of a celebration of the self than a celebration of the divine. Our culture <laughs> prizes amazing experiences, right? Bungee jumping or hot stone massages or narcotics or exo exotic holiday vacations away. And it's hard to explain how a moment of Christmas bliss like poster-sized forgiveness or, or street-like caroling, as good as they make us feel, are all that much different than, than any of the other exhilarating experiences we can conjure up to make ourselves feel better when things go south, when an entire year goes south, when life as a whole feels like it's come to an end. And, and we're so used to the narrative of, of this half-crazed and dangerous religious fanatic that we have strong resistances to believing anyone who says, God is speaking to me in this moment. Which is why the third and the fourth forms of divine revelation are so important as we begin 2022, friends. So important. First is the most obvious. It's, it's the words carefully recorded and, and reverently rehearsed, gathered together across many centuries and, and telling the story of a people and the ways of God, a collection we call scripture. Scripture is revelation. Most of what is in the Bible is a mixture of the first two kinds of revelation, isn't it? Except the difference is that it's been, it's been distilled over generations. And the parts that remain are largely the encounters and discoveries and reflections that are true to the God made known to people throughout the ages. The reason Jesus became recognized as the Christ is not just that he did extraordinary things, but, but that he so clearly embodied the character of God already made known to Israel. Scriptural revelation is, is this cumulative process by which each new book builds on and reinterprets those that precede it. The canon closed at 66 books, not because it's, that's everything there is to say about God, but because anything new to say about God is going to coincide with the character of the God revealed in those 66 books. God continues to surprise us, but God never shocks us. It's there in scripture, revelation. And finally, the, the fourth kind of divine revelation it develops out of that third. It's, it, it's about what happens when that, when that scripture is turned into, into live conversation and action or word and sacrament as the church calls it. When we come to worship here expecting to receive revelation, expecting to encounter God's truth, even, even if it might piss us off in the process. Baptism, communion, preaching, prayer, community, service, these are, these are tried and trusted places and ways in which God has spoken to people over the centuries. This is the full revelation. Not the only ways, 
that God is revealed. I've mentioned three others, but the skeleton, the framework around which the rest of the body of Revelation is structured. If we want to meet God in 2022, it's best to hang around where God most frequently shows up in scripture and sacrament and beautiful relationship and service to one another and the places where that happens. They're not the only places we can feel a sense of peace or wonder or share a sense of solidarity or truth, but they are the places where we can reliably encounter the God of Jesus Christ. And these four dimensions, gosh, when they come together, they can change the way we see the world. Acupuncture and climbing 14ers in in Colorado and goat yoga and, and a good Brene Brown book can offer the first two kinds of revelation to us without Jesus at all. That that one, that general wonder at the cosmos <laughs> and that personal encounter. But 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 they can't offer, they can't offer the last two. They can't offer that holy story and an encounter with Jesus in sacrament and service that has a way of pissing you off until it sets you free and heals once it all has been revealed. Natural science can assess the wonders of creation and social science can measure the breadth and depth of personal experience, but neither can describe the community formed by the story and the encounter discovered in the sacrament and service of Jesus Christ. Where where Jesus shows up, Jesus shows up, and truth is never easy, and is never just sentimental, but the kind of truth that has the power to confront the hardest things within us until what is revealed is healed. Ted Lasso never cracks open the Bible, never partakes of bread and cup in communion. But what we watch unfold in this story what we witness revealed in, the, in, in Ted and his relationships and what we witness revealed in the relationship between Ted and Dr. Sharon, it, it's like they begin to read each other like that holy story. They begin to read each other like scripture and feast on each other's story like bread and cup until what pisses them off in each other and bubbles up to the surface in their brokenness, sets them free, and heals the rawest wounds within them. But Ted, you knew I was leaving. Yes, I did, but I thought I was at least going to get a chance to say goodbye to you. I mean, my wife left me, my dad left me. You, more than anyone in the world, knows how I feel when I get abandoned. And you just left. I wrote about that. It's all in the letter I left for you. The letter? Okay. You mean this? This right here? Guess what? I'm not going to read your letter. Ever. Okay? You got something you want to say to me, just say it to my face. I thought we had a breakthrough. You did. You confronted things you... No, no, no. Not me. I'm talking about us. We did, Ted. Yeah. Thanks to you, I've learned that expressing my vulnerabilities can help my patients with theirs. 
You helped me become a better therapist. That's nice of you to say. And yet, you were going to leave without letting me know any of that. Ted, it's all in the letter. It's all in the letter. It's all in the letter. Okay, you know, fine. I'll read your stupid-ass letter. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He spelled favorite wrong. more comfortable writing goodbye than saying it. I'm sorry. It's okay. I understand. My train to Royston doesn't leave till midnight. Wanna grab a drink? I'm buying. Yeah, okay, that'd be nice, yeah. Between Sharon and Ted, we get an earthly glimpse at that four-part revelation, as they stand in awe of what makes each other tick, allow themselves to be transformed by it, read each other like a text that tells the story of the divine and the story of humanity, and begin to live as if that story has been rewritten for a new day. Which brings us finally to the wise men. I'm sure you've been wondering, how do we get to this epiphany? Brings us to the wise men, the story of the wise men. It's, it's the definitive, the definitive divine revelation story because it brings together all four kinds of revelation. Did you, did you hear it as it was read? It starts in the East with the first kind, that general revelation of the stars and the cosmos. In Jerusalem, the wise men experience the, the third kind of revelation. They hear from the chief priests and scribes of the people the story about the babe being born in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, the wise men find the fourth kind of revelation. They encounter Jesus through, through service, the giving of, of gold and, and frankincense and myrrh. And before returning, they have that second personal kind of revelation, that personal discovery, the dream that tells them to go home another way, to receive any of these kinds of revelation friends to receive any of them is is a wonderful thing to receive all four is glory and we have a word for that glory in the church we call it epiphany 
I offer this to you in the name of God the Father, in the name of Christ his Son, in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, I believe.